This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. Not every guest takes me up on the opportunity, but I like to do a segment called The Mic Swap, where I make my guest into the host, and then I become the guest. I let them take the conversation wherever they want to take it, ask me whatever they want, and uh, it's a lot of fun, I think. This is Mic Swap. Hi, everybody. I'm Kathy Close guest, and I am the host of the Shareable Podcast. And with me today is the one and only Jeff Gibbard of Superhero Institute. Hey, Jeff. What's up? Thank you for having me, Kathy. I have been so excited to be on Shareable for years now. I'm really excited <laughs> to be a part of it. I know, right? What a dream. What a dream. Because it's. I think it's a very cool name. And I, I want to get to that. I do want first, though, I'm curious. You have a moniker there. You've got the name of your Superhero Institute. And I am dying to know the origin, the origin story, like any good superhero. What is the origin story of that name? So the origin story of the name is that um, I left an agency in mid-2019, and I took about a six-month sabbatical to figure out who I wanted to be next, because I spent seven years running a social media and content marketing agency, went to a digital marketing agency, and when I left, I was like, look, I just don't want to be confined into the world of marketing. It, it was never what really interested me so much as how marketing was was used to kind of express the people behind a business or the customers that you talk to. I was always much more interested in like brand, leadership, and culture. So I was like, okay, what am I going to be? What am I going to do? Right? Those are my things. So I asked my wife, like, I don't know what I want to do. And she's like, you should do something with superheroes. And I was like, that's ridiculous. No one in business will take me seriously if I do anything with superheroes. I'm going to go and talk to my network, but I love you. So I went and I talked with, oh God, countless people. Like it was probably like, I talked with about 20 different people, probably about 19 of them, you and I both know. And I went through and time and time again, time and time again, people were like, oh yeah, it's because you're like a superhero. And oh yeah, that's totally your superpower. And like, yeah, it's kind of like you help people bring out their superpowers. And I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. Superheroes. It's a thing. I'm wearing a Spider-Man shirt. It's obviously going to happen. So I, when I had the like the, okay, you were right. I went back and I told my wife, she was like, I know start to dig into it. And I was like, okay, well, what am I going to call this thing? So I realized I wanted to do training and coaching. So I was like, it's got to be something related, superhero something. So I looked at Superhero Academy, it was taken. And I found that Superhero Institute was available. And I thought, you know what, that's cool, because Institute feels very like proper and like, like it, it's in like a, a, a Greco Roman building, that's like an institute, it's made of marble, whereas Superhero is like, okay, so like, you're a grown up, and you're still, you know, flaunting your Captain America t-shirt, like what's up? I thought the pairing of the two together worked really, really nicely. So that's how the name came together. And superhero.com, superinstitute.com was taken. Um, so I bought the .org and I'm hopefully going to get superinstitute.org at some point or .com at some point when it comes available. I love that. It's yeah. such a great name. Thanks. I don't know where along the line we somehow... I think that this kind of playfulness and believing in superheroes and wearing Spider-Man shirts is like not serious and therefore is bad. Yeah. I, mean, I don't get it either. Yeah. I, like, so I have stepped it for a while. So for the first like uh, 11 or 12 years out of my MBA, I, um, I, you know, I wore a shirt and tie sometimes. I would show up to meetings in a blazer, you know, and I did the things I thought I was supposed to do. But the times where I didn't have those meetings, 
What did I wear to the office? I wore a superhero shirt. Why? Because that's who the hell I am. I'm a superhero t-shirt, jeans, and you know, bright red sneakers kind of guy. That's who I am. It's when I feel the most me. And I always felt a little awkward when I would show up to a meeting, not like that. And I think when I left the last agency and I took the time off, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm 40. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of pretending because you know what? I know one thing. I know I'm smart and I know that I can build strategy backwards, sideways, and forward. I'm good at what I do. And if I'm good at what I do, you shouldn't give a damn about what type of a what type of clothing I'm wearing. I will show up and I will bring the fire. If you can look the other way about my t-shirt, I promise I'll do that. So that's kind of what I, I decided to do, you know, in this phase of my career is just let it all out. And I got to tell you, nothing has ever felt more like in, it's like I'm vibrating every aspect of my life in the same exact right frequency. And it's all just working. Yeah, I love that. And I think the name, like to me, it just seems like you don't have to explain it. Like the people that you're ideally for also are like, yes, you know, I walked away from that. That's my origin story. It made me who I am. And now I'm on this new path to be more me. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your, who's your ideal client that you just love working with? So if money were no object, that answer would probably change. Um, because realistically, like what drives me is not the money. I have to pay the mortgage. I have to save for my daughter's college fund. Like there are things, but like realistically, my whole, go- the reason why I did the superhero thing is because I want to make the world a better place. I want to make it safer. I want to make it kinder. I want to make it more equitable. I want to protect people that are, you know, in danger uh, in one way, in whatever way it is. Um, you know, my, the, the number one uh, cause that I'm involved with uh, is homelessness because I can think of no greater injustice than to create a society in which someone doesn't have a place to live. And where that person, you imagine the situation they might be in and how lonely they might feel or how you know helpless they might feel or how little control they have over their situation. And those are all things that I just can't deal with. Like I'm, I like control. It's kind of a thing for me. Um, and, and, I would probably do more involvement in things that are cause related. I would probably help more solopreneurs and freelancers, entrepreneurs. And that's actually who the Superhero Institute is for. It's for, it's for my self-employed people. So the people who are like, I don't want to work for somebody else. I want to do the thing I want to enjoy doing. And what I'm trying to do is take those people and give them the skills to succeed, but also encourage them to use their time and talents to make the world a better place. I'm trying to get them to add, not like, cause there's three levels I take people through, right? Like one, acknowledge your superpowers. That's one, we're all superpowered, cool. Two, let me show you how to become superhuman. There's a process and that's where you can acquire more superpowers. Then there's superhero. Superhero is when you apply a code of ethics so that the, what you're using your talents for makes the world a better place. So the people I wanna work with are the people I think have the least vested in a way that they've already been and are willing to grow into this new way of being to make the world a better place. I love that premise. The whole idea that everyone has that superhero capability, but the superhero definition for you is you're using it to change the world. Yeah, you have to use it for the better. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, you're like the world, right? Like world is, is kind of like a, a term that you can use it. Like you have your own little world, right? Like changing the world in your home, like how I raise my daughter is like a part of the Superhero Institute. The way that I encourage her, the way that I try to create an environment that's safe for her to explore, to make mistakes, um, that I, I give her the tools to learn and move in any direction she wants, that she's not, you know, beholden to a particular um, path of study or something like that, but that like she can kind of figure out who she wants to be in this world. That's part of what I think of as the Superhero Institute's purpose is like applying in every area of your life that you can create this sort of environment for the people that you're interacting with. I'm curious in your experience, what is blocking people? Cause it, I, I love this concept that everybody has that superhero inside themselves. What gets in the way of people going, I am a superhero. Here's how I can kind of unblock myself and make it work for the world. What is that? Uh, there's a couple different things. And like, I would be remiss if I boiled it down to kind of like one, one big one, but I, I will say there's a couple of them. So one, there's people who are in a position of circumstance that makes it virtually impossible for them to do anything other than get by. And I think that's one of the greatest tragedies we have is um, boxing people into a situation where they actually can't fully express and become who they're capable of becoming because of the need to just get by and survive. So I think one big, enormous class of people that is being shut out from superheroism are people who are stuck in the struggle. And they can, they can do things a little bit better. They can grow a little bit more. But at the end of the day, they are still paycheck to paycheck trying to get by. That group of people is going to have a hard time adopting some of these ideas. The, the people that have the kind of I guess, for lack of a better term, the freedom to decide whether or not they want to take this course of action. I think the number one thing that stops people is it seems too big. It seems too big to want to change the world. It's, it seems like overwhelming. The systems are there. What's the point in fighting it? I'll never make it. It's like this defeatist uh, mentality that right out of the gate stops you from ever taking that on. And then I think that the third thing would be a sort of... Um, People have internalized the dogma. They've internalized the narrative that you're supposed to fill in the blank. You're supposed to get married and have kids and start a 401k. You're supposed to get a job and work your way up and don't talk back to your manager. And like, you're supposed to, supposed to, supposed to, supposed to. And my underlying everything is I believe in like the true idea of freedom, freedom to choose what it is that your heart is telling you that you should be doing. And, you know, like not in like the kitschy, like Murica kind of way. I mean, like literally, like if you're like, I, I love to paint, you should have the freedom to paint. It shouldn't be a hobby that you have to monetize. You should be able to paint. If you're a type of person that wants to like go and work in a nonprofit, you should be able to do that and survive. So there's a lot of systemic things that I think really frustrate me, obviously, about uh, things that limit our choice. But for the people who want to do the sort of work, the things that stop them are, I think that they've bought into the prevailing narrative. And I think that it feels too big to overcome. So why bother? Ooh, yeah, yeah. that is such a strong, bold statement. And, and the power of that narrative that we're sold from the time we're in school as kids, that yeah. that, is the, that is the world of work, just accept it. I mean, that is, that is a very sad state of affairs, but 
that we can embrace our own superhero narrative is so powerful. I, you know, as you were talking, um, you know, we talk about changing the world and I, that is such a big, bold, audacious thing to say. And it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. And yet I think there's some part of, of us that, that kind of jokes about it. You know, it's sort of the, the classic, well, and I, you know, Miss America, I want to yeah. change the world and world, world peace. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we laugh at it. And yet by laughing at it, we're kind of buying into this narrative of not articulating it and going for it. Yes. And what I would offer that I've done differently in this phase of my life is I've stopped laughing at it and I've stopped apologizing for it. And I've, and I've taken the posture with people that they shouldn't laugh at it either, that you are more powerful than you think you are. You are capable of greater things and not in that hustle porn motivation mm -hmm. nonsense in like the legitimately, whoever you are at whatever stage you are, there are tools available to you to grow. And that doesn't mean that like you're going to be president. None of that nonsense of like, you can be anything you want. Not that. It's not that. It's that you can be better and that you can choose what you do with better. That's all any of this is. I'm not suggesting that anybody that goes through my curriculum or goes through my coaching or listens to me at all is going to have the life of their dreams. It's not what it's about. Yeah. It's that there are tools that enable you to get better, to have better. And I think if more people have better, and if more people realize that better is an option, I'll give you a good example. This whole pandemic actually has given a lot of people a real wake-up call. They're like, wait a minute, why couldn't we work from home, right? So this idea that like changing the world is such a far off thing, it's not. It, it requires a change in consciousness around an idea. And part of that is that you have to be able to spread an idea far and wide. You have to be able to share it. Um, and that's so much of what I think is actually going to make the impact on things is being able to take bold ideas and spread them. And I think right now, one of the things that we have is that there's entrenched interests that don't amplify necessarily the things that um, are going to advance the ball forward in a more equitable world. They're, they're preserving the structures that exist um, because they work for, you know, a, a limited group of people. So um, yeah, I, I don't know if that necessarily answered the, the point of it, but I just, I believe in better and that's changing the world is better. I love that you said that because better is attainable and that is nothing to laugh at. I think for a lot of people, I suspect, I know for a lot of people I talk to, there's an agreement. Yeah, I want to be better. I, I have a better vision for myself than being in corporate America, right? And just like, you know, I want to be Captain America, not corporate America. That's not a superhero. That's a sucky superhero. Can I steal that? Did, did, yeah. <laughs> so my brand right there. <laughs> He's, yeah, he's like, what a, what a, what a tagline, work with Kathy. Um, awesome. So here's the thing, though. I think part of the thing, Jeff, in that, though, I, there's humor in the, in the truth. But I think the sad part is sometimes people don't know where to start. I mean, I, I know you've probably seen people maybe so beaten down that they've accepted the status quo. They've just accepted that. And so where do you start with people that are like, I think I have a superhero. And, you know, we're joking and, you know. I don't want to be corporate America. I want to be Captain America. Where do I start? Because I think it can be a daunting thing when you've been in it for so long. What 
are the first couple steps to start to peel down when you've suppressed your dream and you're so disconnected from yourself? Where do you even begin that superhero journey? Yeah, legitimately, this is one of the more challenging things that um, that I face in my business is because um, I was brought up in a certain way and I am a certain type of person that the idea of, of being rebellious and not listening to authority and carving my own path and finding what I'm passionate about was like, I was, I was coded with that as I came out. So cracking the code on how to get other people to see that is something that is, is probably my biggest challenge. Uh, what I, the philosophy I'm currently working off of for that, I guess my, my theory of how do you get people into it is one, you attract the people that are ready or believers. So we talked about this a little bit when we were talking about improv is like, you don't want to have to twist anybody's arm. If you're not addicted to your own growth already, then like you're not in that category I'm first talking about. So like there's going to be people who are like, yep, I'm a superhero. I'm ready. Give me more. I just want to grow. So those people are an ideal group for me to first focus on because I know I'm just giving them tools and they're just going to go off and run. The second group of people are pretty much the everybody else who maybe uh, have one of the things that I mentioned before that are stopping them. I think the first thing is to give them a taste of the alternative, to give them a taste that there is something else, that they are capable of more. Give them a quick win of some sort that show them that they can do extraordinary things. There's going to be some people who this entire philosophy does not resonate with. I'm not after them. Um, if, if you're not fascinated by the idea of something bigger, of your life having meaning, uh, Leslie M and I talk about this all the time. Like, If you're not into le legacy work, then we're probably not talking the same language. But you know, the Avengers aren't a 700-person team. In any given episode or, or issue of the comics, there's only seven Avengers, maybe, maybe less. So you don't need, you know, everybody in the world to change the world. You just need a loyal, committed, strong group of superheroes to make that change. So the people that are maybe, you know, resistant or reluctant to it, you actually have to fundamentally put some dents in how they see the world. You have to change certain things in how they see their own capabilities. And when you can show them, here's an area of growth that you can immediately impact. You know, one of the things that I, I talk a lot about is, um, so the superhero, the, the superhuman framework has like these different steps. But in the, in the learning phase, if you, I, I encourage everybody to take a speed reading course. Because when you realize that you can get through a book twice as fast as you thought you could, and you're able to take it up from there, and you're able to consume more information, and you get addicted, you get a little taste of what it is when you start knowing more things because you start reading more things. That's just one of like hundreds of different things you can do. But that's one where I feel like it's a quick win. Hey, start reading more, just a little bit. You don't have to read 10 books, right? Um, and one thing I, I wanted to circle back to when, when you pointed out the better piece is that there was a, a little poster, a little plaque actually, that my dad had gotten me and hung in my room from the time I was like in my early teens, maybe like, you know, tween, like 11, 12, 13. And I, I actually have it hanging in my daughter's room right now, kept it. And it says, use the talents you possess for the woods would be silent if no birds sang except the best. And maybe that's where I got it from. But the thing is, you don't have to be the best at a thing to do a thing and contribute your gifts to the world. And that's part of the premise that I start with, with people who may be reluctant is getting to see that the thing that they already have is valuable. Do you find, I love, I love that actually. I mean, I, that quote you just said, I was like, mm, I love it. I love it. It's like birds singing. Like, you know, I just love that. Do you find that people sometimes are unclear 
about their gifts for the reasons that we, we kind of you know hit on earlier, which is they've suppressed them. And maybe there's a little bit of their own hurdles, mental hurdles, because they've been told, look this way, this is how we behave here in this company and be, be a clone. And I think they've sort of really almost, you know, um, I know this was true for me when I was in corporate America, I felt like I had to be somebody else to try to fit in. And Brene, Brene Brown eloquently says, that's not, that's, that's being, being somebody that you're not just to kind of fit in. That's, that's not it. Um, and do you find that there are people though, who just maybe they are unclear with their gifts are, or maybe people have told them such garbage and they've bought into those old narratives? 99.9% of people for sure. I, I mean, I, I think even the gifts that I have, and I'm, I'm as confident as people come in terms of like being able to say like, I'm good at this thing. I'm the, like even that I, I'm still hard on myself at times, but for the people that I coach and the people that I'm talking to about things, they may know that they're good at a thing, but they may not appreciate that being that them being good at that thing is so much better than other people are good at that thing. Like they don't appreciate because they're so close to it. I wrote a blog post once called, do I, do you even have a head? And the idea is like, you can't see your head. So you only can see your head if somebody else tells you, or if you look in a mirror, right? So either deep contemplation and self-reflective work or somebody else letting you know that you're good at it. Right? So a lot of my work in the beginning with people is, is examining, validating, and encouraging them to go deeper. In any superhero story, there's the beginning of the movie or the beginning of the comic where they have the power and they're, uh, it's whatever. They're, they're strong or they can fly a little bit. And as they get better, when they realize they can do it, they dig deeper, they train, they get better at it. So if you can find someone and they say, you know, what you say to them, you know, what's your superpower? And they're like, well, I'm, I'm pretty good at sales. You're like, what if you could be extraordinary at sales? What if you're actually better than pretty good at sales? What if you're already excellent at it? Where could you go with that? And then what would be the next skill you could add after that? Now you're good at sales. Could you also be good at pitching? Could you be good at um, hiring people? Could you be good at marketing? Could you be good at you know being a coach? What are the different things that you could use that branch off from the skill you've already got? The process of learning super, you know, to become more super powered isn't like, okay, I'm good at sales. Okay, now I'm gonna go learn basket weaving. It's not like this um, generally, it's not this like disconnected sort of thing. It's like you grow from areas of strength already. All the things that I have are, are pretty well connected um, in, in like a really nice tight way. So you're kind of building out these kind of concentric circles, I guess, from like a core of a, of a gift. And then you build out and build out and you become stronger. So that's kind of how I encourage people to go about it. I love that because I think it's really easy. And I loved your article about like, do I even have a head that resonates with me? Because I think sometimes to your point, I mean, we are so close to it. We just think, well, if it's easy for me, it's clearly easy for everybody. Right. It's sort of like, you know, my son is really good at math. Like he doesn't have to study. He just like done, you know, 20 integrals later, he's like 12 doing like, you know, high school math, whatever. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's just, he has a gift for it. So he's like, well, it's just really easy mom. And I'm, and I'm having to have these conversations with him that that is a gift. Yeah. Gift and an, an affinity for that because he dismisses it. And I think that's what we all do. Yes. And because it's easy for him, he thinks, well, everybody, it, it just, everyone should be able to do it. And it's like, well, no, not everybody can do it. And I think, I suspect that that's 
I think, you know, that part of the, the superhero origin story is being able to maybe even reluctantly at first start to have the vision and see, oh, it is a gift. First, you think it's a curse that everybody, you dismiss it. Then you start to go, okay, well, maybe this is my gift. And then you embrace it. And then, you know, that superhero goes on sort of the, you know, hero's journey, superhero's journey, Joseph Campbell, and, and starts to like go, yeah. And I think maybe part of the answer is don't dismiss what comes easy to you or, you know, everyone's telling you, no, you're, that is, that is your gift. Not everybody can do that. I think those are the things that sometimes we do have to have that validation from other people, I suspect. Yeah. And I think the it, comparison is like a double-edged sword here because on the one hand, when you compare to other people, mm. you start to you start to diminish your own talents because you're like, well, I'm not as good as this person, right? So there's a lot of people in in the circles that I've been running in for the last 10 years that I look at and I'm like, well, they're, they're just, they're such good speakers and they make so much money and they're so much funnier than I am. And their material is so much more polished. I'm not, and then I look at myself as a speaker versus, you know, 98% of the population. Like I'm focusing on like the best of the best. And I'm like, I don't measure up. I guess I'm, I'm crap. And, um, and, and it's true with so many of the things that we do. If it comes easy to us, we don't value it. And I will say that I think that that's actually sometimes um, a really good reason to push past when somebody says you suck at something. It doesn't necessarily mean you don't suck at it. It means that you now have to work at it and you'll appreciate it that much more when you get there. Um, so the comparison thing is kind of like a double-edged sword because if you compare to other people, you may find yourself... Um, diminishing your own talents. You may also, if, if you pick the wrong people to compare yourself to, may think you're better than you Anne, than you actually are. Um, but in the end, I think it's, if you wipe all that stuff away, take the comparison away and all that, if you think, well, what do I want to do? What do I like? Why am I here? What do I want to leave behind? Then you start to start playing a different game. So like, I'm not playing in the game of anymore, at least, and most of the time, not 100% of the time, but more often than not, I'm not playing the game, am I better at this thing than that person? I am playing the, am I better at this game than I was yesterday? Am I doing the best I can in this? Am I changing people's lives? Have, like I have a, a saved folder on my uh, computer of like notes that people have sent me, like, you know, thanks and te not testimonials like for public, but like, hey, that actually made a huge impact on me. And that's more what I work for now is like that impact because that's what I'm after is leaving behind. I don't know if everybody does this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal something I don't generally reveal, but do you ever think about uh, your eulogy? What people would say at your eulogy? I think about it constantly. I think about it constantly. What would someone say if I passed away tomorrow? What would the people who came say? What would people write about me? And that's partly what drives me is I want all of them to have a damn good story. And I want them all to have something really extraordinary to say. I love that. And I actually am a weirdo in a good way, in good company, because I do think about those things. I think about those things because I think about what would somebody say and what impact have I left on them? And I think that is so fabulous. So I'll ask you this, what, or say who, I should say who, I was gonna say what power, I was gonna lead with that, but I think it's more important, who? Who is your favorite superhero and why? Oh, by far it's Spider-Man. Um, it's, and this is, uh, this is something I will always happily geek out and talk about, but um, 
I would say people would probably most likely compare me to Iron Man, uh, slightly confident or cocky and, um, you know, just the whole Tony Stark vibe. But my favorite superhero by far is Spider-Man because I think he represents in so many ways everything that I love about superheroes as, a, as an entire concept, the, the duty ethics, the if you have the power to make a difference, it's your responsibility to do it. The, the idea of you owe something to the world, that just resonates with me so hard, like so incredibly hard that resonates with me. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that it is a true, it, it is true in the sense that this character always has to balance their responsibility to do the right thing with how sometimes it requires his own self-sacrifice and that sometimes this character needs to rely on other people to help them. And that's a thing that gets me like in my core, the idea of being powerful and still needing help. That just is like a thing that like, it shakes me because um, that's the, that's what's real is that we are not, no matter how powerful you become, how good you are at one thing or another, how much money you have, you're a human being, you have flaws, you have vulnerabilities, you have weaknesses, and you're always going to need to attend to them. You can't get too wrapped up in your own story that like, you're just all powerful. So Spider-Man in so many ways tells these stories of the, the human struggle of dealing with responsibilities of balancing the many masks you need to wear in life. And, um, you know, I, I think probably most importantly about the Spider-Man story for me is that um, Spider-Man doesn't try to defeat his enemies. He tries to change his enemies. He doesn't want to harm them. He doesn't want to hurt them. He's trying to convince them to do the right thing. He's trying to turn them around to like the good side. And you see it in, in so many of his comics. He's not He's not judging them as being like bad. He's like, he might say to them, like, you're out of your mind. You can't do this. Like, stop, you're going to hurt people. But like, he's not, he, the last resort is he doesn't want to fight. He doesn't want to harm this other person. He doesn't necessarily judge them for what it is. He just wants them to make a better decision. And to me, that's how I want to be in the world. Cause I know that I've got a little streak in me that wants to like crush and destroy. Um, and that's what I aspire to be. So when I look at that as a character, it's what I aspire to be as a person is more like that. That is a wonderful philosophy of life that's shareable. Wait, don't leave. If you've never listened to my fancy outro, do it just once for me, please. Okay, if you enjoy shareable and you find it valuable, there's a few ways that you can support the show. One, you can share it on social media, which I strongly encourage. I mean, it's literally the name of the show, Shareable. Two, you can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're an Overcast user, as many of my listeners are, make sure to click that star button on the episodes that you like. The third way that you can support the show is by blogging about it or discussing it on your own podcast or even by making a YouTube video where you talk about one of the episodes. And then the final way that you can support the show is by supporting it directly on Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. Now, before I let you go, I want to tell you about one other thing. You see, Shareable is just one of many projects that I'm working on at any given time. I've got another podcast called Rogue. I do a live streaming show every week called The Heroic Council. I've got a blog where I release a blog post twice a week. And if you're looking to keep up with all sorts of different content that can help you grow and become a superhero in life, I want you to check out jeffgibber.me. 
That's where I list all of my current projects and projects that are coming up in the future, including my forthcoming book, The Lovable Leader. It would mean a lot to me if you could go and check out some of the other things I've worked on because I put just as much of my heart into those projects as I do into Shareable. Thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you for being a supporter. And I hope to see you here on the next episode of Shareable.